Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. And today we're letting the sun stream into our homes we haven't left in years, partially due to the pandemic and partly due to social ineptitude, as we live a life that's eerily similar to one Gavin Velour. In this episode, well, what isn't in this episode? We've got white collar crime, Japanese sex dolls, house arrests, contentious peanut butter arguments, the Menendez brothers, exploitative investment schemes. You know what, Julie, don't miscount the men and let's just dive on in. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shark week. We're at a party. Lemon, try to loosen up a little. How can I loosen up? I'm in Connecticut, I haven't eaten, and I'm stressed about an away toilet situation. Do you know how lucky we are? We are in Gavin Velour's home. He was the CEO of Sunstream. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Is this potpourri or chips? Because I'm going to try to eat it. Velour is a god. He was the first man to be on the cover of Fortune and Jet magazine at the same time. Of course, that was back when Jet was actually about Jet ownership. That magazine took a weird turn. These are not chips. Then he fell off the face of the earth, sold Sunstream, and shut himself off from the world. They say he hasn't left his home in almost three years. Well, I hope he shows up for dinner. He's already here. Thank you all for coming tonight. Because of my severe agoraphobia and my debilitating wealth, I am forced to bring the world to me and host dinners for interesting people from all walks of life, the world of fashion, Society, art collecting and yelling. Why isn't there any good art in here? Come on! Business and historical fiction. Really? What if the Germans had won the war, Lemon? And the arts. I'm glad Jack was able to bring you, Liz. I asked him about you after I saw your photo in the style section of the New York Times. Funny story, I was only wearing that because the fire alarm went off while I was getting a haircut. Well, you look beautiful. And, as always, I keep one chair empty to represent our unfulfilled hopes and dreams. I'm just kidding. Elliot Spitzer's hooker couldn't make it. <laughs> now, I want to send my driver into Manhattan to pick up dessert. Anybody know a good place for cupcakes? I think there's a Macaroon. place... give me a break. I'm on it. 77th in Amsterdam, 68th in Columbus, 125th and President Clinton Boulevard. Also, don't overthink it. Sarah Lee, Frozen. Unbelievable. Welcome to the episode, Gavin Valoa. Ah, can we just say that Gavin is the sexiest male name and Valor is the sexiest feeling? <laughs> <laughs> if only people at home had the gift to see you rub down your body in the way that I just did. Let me... And, no, I was like, I'm going to ASMR this shit, but like, you poor people don't deserve that. No, I remember watching Dermot Mulroney, he was Gavin in an episode of Friends, salt and pepper hair, super built, giant schnoz, and I was just like, I've never been so gay in my life. And Valor, come on, feels great, Sasha Valor, looks great, does great. Who doesn't enjoy a Valor tracksuit? Ugh, come on. Come on. Well, I have to say, I think that this episode is a joy. I was investigating on Reddit. It's very mixed. People love it or hate it. I'm a love it. I think it's... Really? Wow. Yeah. Why? It Why just does it hate it? totally doesn't feel like other episodes. It kind of feels like an outlier a little bit. You either enjoy Steve Martin or you don't, right? Like, yeah. I think his line delivery is hilarious. I miscounted the men, Liz. 
Like, I think that's funny, but I, maybe if you don't have a history. Do you guys have a history with Steve Martin? Yeah, we've had sex before. I thought so. But have you ever seen any of his other movies? Or <laughs> yeah, jerk and yeah, no, we've jerked. All of me. Together. Or you're just father of the bride people, I'm guessing. He, yeah, so I was just going to make so many more jokes. No, I do know Steve Martin um, have watched most of his SNL stuff and then a lot of the movies since then. I will say that sometimes he can be contentious. I'm super into a lot of his performances. And then like in Baby Mama, I was like, why are you here? So I get the sort of divisiveness, but ultimately I do love this episode. His performance in the movie Parenthood, not the TV show. I steal lines from that every single day. They're they're talking about um, the grandmother comes in and tells her the mom and dad are having a big fight, and the grandma comes in and she's like, "I like the roller coaster. Some people like the merry-go-round. It just goes around and around. That's no fun. I like going up and down. It's more exciting." <laughs> and then um, she she's like, "See you in the car." And then she walks outside and Mary Steenburgen's playing the wife. And she's like, I think your grandmother's brilliant. I love her advice. And he's like, really? I was really all confused until grandma came with her beautiful uh, merry-go-round story. She's like, well, I think she's brilliant. He's like, yeah, if she's so brilliant, why is she sitting in our neighbor's car? I mean, I find more reasons to say that than are necessary. I love him. I love Roxanne. I love all of me. I love him. So, Well, and I must say. When he arrives, my heart is happy. And I love Mary Steenburgen. I just like what enough an to know their name Steenburgen. What I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, maybe it's because I watched The Happiest Season. Like, oh my God, was that like six months ago? Jesus Christ, what a year! What is it been a decade? But she's just the perfect like conservative mom that understands, gets it, and opens her heart. Like she did in The Happiest Season, and as she's done, I mean. She was in the proposal and had a very similar role there. She soups annoying on Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Well, I mean, yeah, no one that likes vocal fry is a lot. No one likes Maggie Clark. <clears throat> Coming well, from somebody with a beautiful sounding voice. First of all, the dulcet <laughs> tones. Oh my God, the dulcet tones of your voice are amazing because it's my voice. We have the same voice. I know, but I am a horse and a woman, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm a whore. That has sex with men. <laughs> so true. That's all we can do. So this episode opens up and Liz is looking really pretty that we don't know where they are. And she's talking to She Jeff. looks okay. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I just wanted to be. I just Thanks, wanted to be Megan McCain. <gasps> and this episode is Julie Sunderland is Liz Lemon. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. How can I lose yeah. I'm in Connecticut. I haven't eaten and I'm stressed out about an away toilet situation. Now, I have no problems relieving myself in public. But sometimes, public? multiple times, like I mean, public just, toilets or in public, public toilets, <laughs> in San Francisco yet. But um, you know, I am anticipating stomach trouble pretty much on the regular, yeah, because I'm not, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not afraid of that. But being at a dinner party where there could be some trouble and you have to leave the table several times, that takes some some stress. Which is fascinating. I heard a way toilet. I thought. It's Julie. <laughs> well, then the part about like what marriage should be, I was like, oh my God, I've seen. What's fascinating is I so overcorrected from being such a shy child that was afraid to do anything untoward. 
And now if I have to leave the dinner table several times, I'll be like, I have really bad diarrhea and or salmonella. <laughs> Again. Why you felt the need to smell your hand in the middle of the <laughs> Sorry, I got a whiff of something very fruity and I was like, what is that? Did I, is that my hand sanitizer? But I did absolutely smell my palm. <laughs> anyway, so who is Gavin Velour? Besides having the sexy portmanteau, well, I guess not portmanteau, it's two separate names. Anyway, sexy name, sort of sexy dude. He was the CEO of Sunstream. Now we're visiting his home. He's supposedly an agoraphobic recluse, and it's such an honor that Liz is there. Yeah, so they sit down in this house, and she sees a bowl of something and says, is this potpourri or chips? Because I'm going to eat it. <laughs> and she bites into it, and she's like, yeah, those are not chips. And then she goes back for another handful. Why not? Why not? It's like, she didn't say it wasn't good. It's like, these are not chips, but they're still... <laughs> delicious so gavin Bloor is a god he was the first man to be on the cover of fortune magazine and jet magazine at the same time but back when jet magazine was about jet ownership not black culture so okay oh my god i do do you remember when you were a young kid and (laughs) the titanic had just sunk no when you would (laughs) no you would walk by I'm so sorry. I'm. Le- I don't. Know. Did I have a point, or was it just being annoying? I just. Okay. I. Okay. Jet I magazine. Think, something. I distinctly remember walking by all of the cover shots of all these magazines, seeing a Jet magazine, and I don't know what her suit gentleman was on the cover of it, but I was like, I want him in my life. So we're talking about how Jet magazine wasn't what it is now, but then later on, Jack lists all the black men he finds attractive, so he obviously kept his subscription. Two jet magazines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. Or you would never have yeah. found all those guys attractive, I'm guessing. So Gavin Velour fell off the face of the earth, we learned, sold Sunstream, shut himself off in the world, and he supposedly has not left his home in three years. <laughs> Me and the fucking pandemic, bitch. And then this is so time, perfectly timed when she's like, well, I hope he shows up for dinner. And the piano stops playing. He's like, he's already here. And then he's the And everyone's <laughs> So he acknowledges them all. It's like, because of my severe agoraphobia and more importantly, my debilitating wealth, <laughs> I'm forced to bring the world to me and host dinners for interesting people from all walks of life. Yeah. It also sort of feels like a purge situation, like a reverse purge where you like collect people. If you watch Younger, which I believe everyone should, the final season is airing right now on TV Land and or Hulu. She is older, but still young. And... There are these artists that collect certain people and prevent them from selling their art so they can have sole ownership of them. And that feels like a Gavin Bloor situation. Debbie Mazar is one of the artists. Oh, my God. I love Debbie Mazar. You should watch it. No, thanks. So who are these people supposed to be? The world of fashion, society, art collecting. Obviously, we know who John McEnroe is. And yelling. Why isn't there any good art here? John McEnroe shows up in the weirdest places. 30 Rock. (laughs) That show, the Mindy Kaling executive yeah. that I loved, and he was the narrator. I will say, I appreciate this about John McEnroe. First of all, he will not accept that he's 5'11", and it's just like, I've done some stretching exercises, and I'm six feet tall, and it's like, dude, it does not fucking matter, but I love that you are so obsessed with this. Second of all, he was this angry tennis dude, which is just like such a conservative sport, and I just love that he's just like, more than anything, a fucking fame whore. 
and will do anything. And one time he was on Andy Cohen's show and was like, Andy Cohen, obviously being the relentless homosexual that he is, said, who was there ever someone in the locker room who had a big dick that intimidated you? And he was like, yeah, Yvonne Lundell. And all the time he's just like commenting on dudes' bodies and he'll talk about Rafael Nadal's ass. And it's just like, he's a straight man, but he's just like, I mean, he's built, he spent so much time at the gym. He lifted a shirt up there. You can see his abs and like, and he's one step away from being in the treasure jail that goes down to a perfectly quaffed pube situation. I would just suck the living <laughs> daylights out of him. I like there was a little creative interpretation there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there's business and then also historical fiction. Yeah, so remember, really? What if the Germans had won the war, Liz? And, they and the are- arts, and then Liz waves all awkwardly and weird at a table of like six people and no reason to wave. So it turns out that the reason that Gavin Bellore even knows who Liz is is because of a photo he saw in the style section of the New York Times where she's wearing this sort of like yellow parka sort of situation. Turns out she was only wearing that because the fire alarm went off while she was getting it. <laughs> He's like, but you look beautiful. And if you pull in on that magazine, on the story, it says like a pop of color, you know, for spring. And she, she looks great. Look great. Yeah, I know, right? very Audrey Hepburn, super pretty. The thing about Liz Lemon is that she is legitimately gorgeous. Yeah, oh, my God. So then he says, and as always, I keep one chair empty to represent our unfulfilled hopes and dreams. Just kidding. <laughs> Elliot Spitzer's hooker couldn't make it. Oh, my God. I remember was thinking him. a chair open for Elijah during Seder, so that was very cute. Oh, that's Jewish. No, I want my send my driver to Manhattan to pick up dessert. Anybody know a good place for cupcakes? You know that I would jump right on that. I'd be like, well, Whole Food for Reagan. <laughs> so McEnroe starts and she's like, give me a break, McEnroe. I'm on it. So <laughs> this whole thing is bullshit. The 77th in Amsterdam, the 66th in Columbus. There is no President Clinton Boulevard. So I went deep diving on this because I was like, it must be Sprinkles or one of those places. And there's a whole article that Liz Lemon led a misleading trail of cupcake crumbs because none of those places are real. Fun. The blog noted that the Uptown Magnolia Bakery is actually at 69th and Columbus, but not 68th. Could she have been talking about crumbs on 75th and Amsterdam? (laughs) (laughs) And while we know there's no President Clinton Boulevard yet, could Lemon have meant make my cake on Adam Clayton Powell Boulevard? Not to be a cupcake conspiracy theorist, but maybe Faye was trying to maintain her cupcake credibility without blowing up all her favorite spots. Ooh, look at her. <laughs> Thank you, interwebs. <laughs> Thank you, Billy Parker, who wrote that article in 2008. Well done. <laughs> no, it, the comic timing of this is absolutely hilarious, which is just like, this is the biggest thing I ever do in my life. She gets like Simone Biles focus right before she's about to win her 40th gold medal. And it's just like this, this, this. Also, don't overthink it. Say really, Frozen. Unbelievable. Amazing. Their pound cake is ridiculous. That's Sarah Lee pound cake. Because the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind was like, I'll pound that cake. I just like, I wish I was better. I'm like, doing this with my sister. Radical transformation that will happen once you finally get something. Well, have sex, yeah. So now we're talking to Mr. Jordan, Kenneth. He's like, what are you still doing here? And he's like, I don't want to go home, Con. You know my sons, Tracy Jr. and George Foreman. So George Foreman has 12 kids. Five of them are sons, all named George Foreman. That's devastating. Ow. Right? That's a lot of George Foreman's. <laughs> and now there's a sixth one, Tracy Jordan. <laughs> Wait, are they like George Foreman, the first, second, third, whatever? Well, I don't think so. There's George Foreman Jr. 
And then I think the rest of them are just George Foreman's because the third would be there's George Foreman senior, then junior. Then the next one would be third, which you would call Trey. And then the next one born from that George Foreman, the third would be George Foreman, the fourth. So why do you, why do you have to go further? I told you there are five George Foreman. Kids. Well, here's the, no, here's the thing, Julie. Sure. Here's the thing, Julie. While you were talking and I wasn't listening, I did manage to Google it. And so his five sons are George Jr., George the Third, nicknamed Can't Monk. Do that. George the Fourth, nicknamed Big Wheel. George the Fifth, nicknamed Red, the best Taylor Swift era. Fight me on it, you'll lose. And George the Sixth, little Joey. And he said, I named all my sons George Edward Foreman, so they would always have something in common. I say to them, if one of us goes up, then we all go up together. And if one of us goes down, we all go down together. So they're having sex together, too? It's just exhausting. Did they cult? Maybe. I will say his daughter's names are gorgeous. Natalia, Leola, Frida, Michi, Georgetta, Isabella, and Courtney. Fucking Courtney. No one likes Courtney. <laughs> so anyway, Tracy's next- <laughs> worried because his sons have been paying attention to him lately and it's freaking him out. Uh, and uh, he says, I'm a strange man who can't be taken seriously. They won't let me out of their sight. Well, maybe they love you. Doesn't nope. <laughs> no. Look what the little one made me. Oh, that's cute. It's voodoo, Ken! <laughs> Those two are up to something. So, Kenneth says wisely, sometimes kids act out when there's a big change. And Kenneth would know because he was a handful when his family moved from our farmhouse to that militia camp in the woods. <laughs> so, Tracy concedes there's this new money coming in from his porn video game that he never reimbursed Jenna for, la da 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 The tie-ins, the toys, the life-size Tracy Jordan sex doll. They're selling like hotcakes in Japan. Julie, when you see, experience, hear about, or in any way encounter the word or the actuality of a sex doll, what are your thoughts and feelings? Gross. And then I think about the human um, body pillow that James Franco has later on in the series. Yeah. Kamiki, Kamiko-san? Miko, I think. Kamiko-san. Kamiko-san. That's all I think about. Yeah. I just think, like, how would you clean them? Aww. Anyway, so they're selling hotcakes in Japan, and Kenneth says, well, you know what they say, money is the root of all evil. Tracy thought this was just the tagline for his movie, Death Bank. So we're back with Jack and Gavin Valour, and Jack can't oh, believe he's yeah. out of the game. It's like Picasso not painting, or Bruce Willis not combining action and rock harmonica. Have you listened to any of his albums? He had one song, but I don't remember it. But it's terrible. It's basically Rob Lowe from St. Elmo's Fire with the saxophone brought to life. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. So, it's I mean, so he's got a new company he's forming. Here's the pitch. Wind power, bandwidth, Chinese market. So <laughs> Jack is so like <laughs> dumbfounded and so excited. He's like, oh my God. And Gavin says he's funding the whole thing. Forget partners. Jack, you're drooling. If you want in, I'll make a little room and pull some strings. The gas that he lets out is so... Hilarious! It's the it's it's the fa- it's our favorite Jack. It's like little girl teenage yes, Jack. I'm just like <gasps> <laughs> the most exciting day of his life, and he was pulled on stage at the Bruce Springsteen concert, which is the Courtney Cox true story, not the Jack story, right? Yeah, isn't that how she was uh, discovered? Something like that with her terrible short haircut. Yeah, interestingly, one of the um, artists. Come on, in- baby, the laughs on me. <laughs> Say on the streets of this. <laughs> Who is it coming? You up all right? <laughs> you got to stay hungry. 
Hey, baby. Oh, my God. Trying to listen to some action. I have something. I'm sick of sitting around oh. here trying to write this book. So. I need a little reaction. Come on, baby. Me just one. You can't start a fire. Okay, you Can't managed. Oh my God! You better put your stance in it. You got started. This is the most stressful moment of my life, and I just lived through a pandemic, as have we all. Anyway, what I was going to say, not that it matters anymore, it doesn't matter anymore. So anyway, Julie, continue. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What were you going to say? Nothing. It was about K-pop. <laughs> So Gavin invites him along and says, just think this time next year you'll be so rich you can run for political office without having to pretend to be a fundamentalist. Anyway, so, so- let's get the hell out of here. The car is here. Gavin kind you know, genuinely says, like, thank you for coming. I really enjoyed your cupcakes. He <laughs> did not. No, no. Okay. So now here comes some stuff that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. And because my agoraphobic related germ issues prevent direct human contact, I wonder if Carl here might be able to say goodnight to you for me. Carl? And he says nicely and looking in her eyes, good night, Liz, and kisses her on the hand. But none of the agoraphobia stuff makes sense because it's all a ruse. Well, I mean, that he's playing the part right now. Also, you the, can be agoraphobic, meaning I don't want to go out in public, but still be able to have physical contact with people. Well, it's the agoraphobia related germ issues. So because he's living in his own housel ecosystem, he's uncomfortable with any other sort of infiltration into that world. That's what agoraphobia means. But it's agoraphobia related. So the agoraphobia related germ issues, it's a comorbid situation where he's uncomfortable with anything that's not in his home ecosystem. Right, but why make that up? You could still just rely on the agoraphobia lie without having to bring this germ nonsense into it and you could still be getting some and all that stuff. So first of all, it's a sitcom, Julie. And I feel like this is an aggressive <laughs> line of questioning. <laughs> I want answers. All right. Well, I tried to give them to you, and you were like, "Nah, bitch," which is that fair. Is. I'm ridiculous, but also rude because I'm I'm a human. Or am I an answer? <laughs> so he says, "I hope to see you again. Great, great, good night." So now we're back at the studio, and Hornberger says, "I just got a memo saying that every floor in the building has to designate a floor emergency marshal for fires, terrorist attacks, and Cloverfield monsters," which does turn up again. <laughs> It does with Kenneth's comes in a little a little bit, right? Well, yeah, but then they they're playing pranks on the pranksters later, and uh, Lester Holt comes on and is like, "The Cloverfield monster is coming." So this is why I love Pete. He's like, "I can't do it because my head is too big for the helmet." And he volunteers, <laughs> and they're like, "No, but you have a really big head." He's like, "I just said that. <laughs> it's not a Which burn." Is, I feel like. A great tactic. Just say all the things before anyone gets a chance. I try. And then they try and double burn you with it and everyone laughs. It's not nice. It's not, it is not nice. No. Also not nice. Liz comes in and she's like, hey, is my phone ringing? Suri, is my phone ringing? She's like, yeah, it is. Like, wow, you have like dog ears. She's like, yeah, you're going like, to answer the fucking phone? She's like, oh, forget it. Okay, hello. Hey, Liz, it's Gavin Velour. She's immediately like, I'm sorry, I only took that napkin because I wrapped some shit. <laughs> but that's not why Gavin Vulu is calling. Instead, why is he calling? Well, let me tell you, Julie, he had a great time with her the other night and was wondering if she'd like to come out again, perhaps this Saturday. Yeah, is there another party? No. It turns out Liz believes this is what the kids call a booty call. 
Gavin's like, I've been out of the house since 2004, and even I know the kids don't call that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Ah, 2004. What a fucking year. All the bar mitzvahs. Well, all the mitzvahs, both bar and bot. So he's like, what do you say? He's obviously asking her on a date, and she's like, uh, I guess, right? And he's like, I will send a helicopter to take you to where? The train station. But that's not true because he doesn't have any money. Well, I mean, I don't know. The way they treat white-collar criminals is insane. So she's like, yeah, no. Okay, bye. Freaking out. Downtown. What the what? I, that is one of my favorite lines of hers. What the what? Daddy? It begins. Daddy, are you awake? I keep having this scary dream. I dream that you'll get so rich that you'll leave us and get a new family and never come back. And daddy, I don't want you to leave us because I love you. I love you so much. I love you too, son. Ah! Stop it. Ah! Stop patriciding. It's me. There's nothing to be freaked out about. That's just a Japanese sex doll in daddy's bed. Now you listen. You don't have to ever worry about me leaving because I'll always be there to take care of you. And there's something else. If anything ever happens to me, you and your brother are going to go to jail. We're back to Tracy Jordan, though, and we're watching TV. And um, there's a weather forecaster who's like, there's going to be a beautiful day. Da, 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 da. And then we flip over to a reporter who says, authorities came to believe that the Menendez brothers acted out of pure greed. The only thing standing between them and the tremendous wealth was Jordan's beside himself. He's like, what? Say it. Say it. Far too long of a pause to be believable. But the reporter says their father. Ah! So now we know that in Tracy's mind, his kids are going to Menendez him. So there was a new 2020 a couple weeks ago about the Menendez brothers and how True crime people on TikTok are like obsessed with the case and getting them retried. I don't know if they want them freed or not. They agree that they did the murders, but that the abuse wasn't allowed to be in the second trial after the miscarriage. Miscarriage? Not miscarriage. Mistrial? Mistrial. Bad words work. (laughs) Well, it was a miscarriage of justice, (laughs) apparently. But they, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. People who get obsessed with prisoners. Eric's been married like three times. Lyle's gay. I mean, I guess you have a captive audience. You know he's not going to cheat on you. Just They're probably excited to hear from you whenever you call or come by, right? Yeah. I mean, whenever I think of the Menendez brothers, because I was not fully aware during that moment, I think of the SNL sketch, First Got Horny to You, where <laughs> Vanessa Breyer is talking about the first people that she got horny too and she's talking about the Menendez brothers and it is fucking hilarious I'll have to add that to my list of things to watch later oh my god let me tell you about it it's just she's like my first was the guys who killed their mom and dad the Menendez brothers they were cute and young I think Eric was the hotter one (laughs) well now um, Jack has come upon Kenneth he's like what are you doing taking in laundry to make extra money He's been taking in laundry to make extra money, but he doesn't let himself read the t-shirts with off-color slogans. Um, because as you can know, t-shirts can be very contentious. He's like, laundry, Kenneth, I know we pay you a living wage. I fought against it. 
Yikes. Yes, sir, but he's had to send more money home lately. There are problems on the farm. After years of inbreeding, the pigs are getting violent, and the pig shield around the house. <laughs> so I'm imagining like a Walking Dead situation where the pigs are the zombies, and they're in this little like sort of prison situation. First of all, and second of all, and maybe third of all, I want a pig so badly, Julie. Will you buy one no. for me? All right. Pig there or no? Everyone like, subscribe, and send us money so I can buy a pig. So he's like, Kenneth, how much money is in your savings? And he pulls out a giant coffee can. He's like, let's see, $80,000. What if you don't include Confederate money? $4,000. That is a lot of money. So Jack has decided to include poor young Kenneth with a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to invest, which is delightful. He wants to include his younger brethren, his impoverished brethren. And he's like... After you invest all this money, you'll be able to buy your folks a pig moat. And he'd be like, well, that'd be great if pigs weren't excellent swimmers. Which I love are. that though. Jack walks in he's like, well, that would be great if pigs weren't excellent swimmers. Here's the thing about pigs. Emotional intelligence higher than dogs. Actual intelligence higher than dogs on par with dolphins. Excellent swimmers. Super skilled. Can have orgasms for 30 minutes. Why do we eat them? They're delicious. <laughs> So now Liz is talking to Jack about how Gavin Velour, the strangest thing that ever happened to her. Great. Well, Gavin Velour just called and asked me out. She's like, I mean, in for the weekend. Jack's like, I thought he might. He asked if we were involved. And I said, you used to have a thing for me, but you were getting over it. That's what's happening, right? And she's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Liz said that she would go. And she's a little bit concerned about it. And mostly because she's still tired from that dinner. Ah, my God. Me. Um, I'm meeting someone new. Uh, all the, all nodding. the nodding and smiling. And <laughs> love it. And sibling listing. And what's the upside? It works out and you get to have a bunch of sex. Uh, Julie, it's it's you. Lemon, what do you want? Do you want to be alone for the rest of your life? No. I'm going to say this in all honesty. I just wish I could start a relationship about 12 years in when you really don't have to try anymore. And you get to sit around together and goof on TV shows. And then go to bed without anybody trying any of that funny business. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great to me, Liz. Honestly, like just companionship without an expectation for sex is, well, we, I was close to buying it. <laughs> well, that's why we're going to move in together and then you're still going to have your paramours on the side. I, Julie, don't play with my emotions because I would absolutely genuinely love that. I can have my own wing. I forgot that we make no money. I can have... My own room, and um, we'll you'll different. have the second floor because I will take the old lady first floor. <laughs> there we go. Where the um, fenced-in backyard will be for the dog, and then attached oh! on the other side will be and then Phil, so that I don't lose my mind. So I go. think we're living in a duplex. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Sleeping single in a double bed. <laughs> I'll sleep in a gurney, and so you, when you get tired of me, and I'm obviously unconscious, you just roll me over to Emma. Or to the hospital. It'd be really easy to get you in the ambulance. (laughs) Gurney to get you over to Emma's. Or just so you can, like, push me. I'll just go to my room. I'm not going to deal with where you're at. I have my own room. That's fair. We'll just have to make sure that, like, my bedroom isn't above your bedroom. Oh, that is a faux show. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you're living in the mother-in-law suite in the basement. I don't know. (laughs) That's fine. I do well with that. So he's telling Lemon to not overthink this. Oh, okay. What a great idea. I hadn't thought about that. Thanks, Jack, for that really, really great advice. Right, I know. When people yell at you to calm down, that always works. 
And I'm going to need to say this part. So Jack says, don't overthink this. Gavin's a fabulous guy. If I were dating a man, he would be at the top of my list with Michael Jordan, Denzel Washington, Tay Diggs. Yeah. Um, But first of all, Tay Diggs, can we talk? (laughs) That he likes everyone on Twitter and that he was hilarious on New Girl and super flexible. He's so hot. He's so hot. He's like laying in her bed and he's like, come here. (laughs) You're just like, what is happening? So she's like, I do like him. He's like, you're going to go to Gavin's and you're going to work this thing like a Chinese gymnast. Wear something tight, force a smile, and lie about your age. So Tracy goes home to a quiet house and he's like, hey guys, I'm home. Don't Menendez me. So we find out that one of the kids, well, both of them actually made the hockey team. So they're wearing like Jason the Killer masks. He freaks out and just absolutely leaves. Now Gavin's giving uh, Liz a tour of his house. He's like, and this is, she says, which one's which? He's like, hmm. She's like, so you never leave this house? I'm afraid not. It does get lonely. I'd be lying to you if I said I'd never dance with the broom. I've lived a little in my entire adult life. I don't think I've danced with the broom. Uh. <laughs> That's nothing, says Liz. Sometimes to feel like I have company during dinner, I just see credit card charges on the speakerphone. Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I just listen to podcasts and pretend there are people that are here. I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. So Liz has some questions. With your agoraphobia, how does this work? Gavin lays on the truth bomb, which is exactly what Liz wants to hear. We can never leave the house, and we probably just sit around all weekend and watch TV. She's like, go on. There's not much else to do up here but eat and read celebrity gossip on the internet and nap the day away. (laughs) Really? And unfortunately, because of my phobias, we can never be physically intimate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then he's Dream like lover. what woman would want <laughs> what woman would want that Liz Lemon and also Julie Dreamy Smitten kittens so uh, Jack or Kenneth goes to visit Jack we don't know why but he's like I'm sorry to bother you but I've got another $10 I'd like to invest I did some street <laughs> performing in my neighborhood this weekend so they're playing Herbie Han- it's not Herbie Hancock's Rocket maybe it is I don't know but anyway, it's the perfect scam. Someone steals his boombox while someone sweeps around and steals his hat with the money in it while he's doing terrible <laughs> scare, scarecrow-like dancing. It's amazing. Jack's like, I'm very proud of you. Next up, home ownership. Just kidding. The middle class is dying and you'll be renting forever. More, more truth-telling oh, from my the God. 2008. Yeah. 30 Rock. Anyway, so Jack's like, I'm just going to call my broker. He finds out that the investment he made, the investment, <laughs> the investment, investment he made, made the, the investment, <laughs> unfortunately, that account was closed out. Yeah. Zero balance of this morning. I don't know what that hot tip was, but you've been better off putting that money in a coffee. Hello, can. Walter. This is, exact- this is Kenneth Parcell, NBC <laughs> page program. What is the status of my investment, please? Yeah. Again, no money. Everything's gone. So we're back to Liz and Gavin. They're having a great time of asexual relations, which is lovely. All for it. And um, Liz says, well, I should go. Um, Gavin weirdly is like, do you have everything? Your cell phone? Oh, where did your cell phone go? Is this part of an elaborate plan maybe? So it's in the other room. And Gavin says, Carl, could you get Liz's cell phone so I can say a proper bye? And then he decides to tell her the absolute truth. He's decided he can trust her, and here's what's happened. He's not an eccentric agoraphobe at all. He just tells people that so he won't know he's under house arrest for tax fraud. And And arson. And also arson. Yeah. (laughs) Julie? 
The jig is up. Carl is on it. Balor. Oh, the wind must have blown it shut. Carl. The door shuts. Carl's trapped. He's searching for the key, but is he? Carl's actually a U.S. Marshal. Very sweet. And he's like, come, before they shoot. Ah, then he's tackled to the ground because what? He miscounted the man, Liz. I miscounted the man. Jack's upset. He's beside himself. And he's like, Gavin, you need to call me immediately. Also, that joke answering machine message me. Really <laughs> feel like you picked up. So I start talking and the beeps and ah. <sighs> I feel like such a, such a fool. <laughs> completely the wrong interpretive reading of that line. Because <laughs> he's in his 15-year-old girl nest. He's like, and I feel like a fool. So Liz comes in. She's like, hey, your friend is a crook. He's under house arrest for tax fraud, embezzlement, and racketeering. What is racketeering? No one knows, Lemon. Do you know what racketeering is? <laughs> I mean, I looked it up, and it's like it, you're having a criminal racket. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a pattern of activity that involves some sort of enterprise. Like, as opposed to crimes committed by single individuals. So it's like a group of people. And it could be literally anything. It could be murder. It could be drug trafficking. It could be gambling. Yeah, so it, no one knows what it is. It's not- <laughs> <laughs> and worse than that, he's not a germaphobe. See? Um, Liar. Yeah. Seriously. I thought I was helping him when I let him hold my boob while we watched Top Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's how we'll grow old together, Julie. Is, there will uh, be no boob touching. <laughs> well, just in case it, like falls into your soup i'll hold it up so you still have access i don't foresee that happening (laughs) (laughs) so she's like he's like i'm sorry and she's like you should be you made me go up there he's like well i'm gonna fix it i'm gonna get kenneth's money back i'm going to get kenneth's money back and for you i'm gonna hit gavin velour harder than a bottle of whiskey in an irish wake so they see tracy in the hallway (laughs) (laughs) or am i yeah (laughs) It's not actually says, Tracy. It's Oh, the, God, this dream again? It's the Tracy Jordan Japanese sex doll that's in the office. And you can apparently tell them apart because the sex doll is not suffering from a vitamin deficiency. Anyway, so Jack has a very fair question. Other than the natural inclination to make love to yourself, why did you get this? Would you ever? No, absolutely not. No. And here's the thing. It's like there's a full Tumblr back when Tumblr was cool and had porn and everything of like... Um, siblings or gay partners and there are so many people that date themselves essentially it's like gay partners that look like twins if i met myself in real life i would hate me i'm more likely to be one of those people who starts to look like their pet <laughs> <laughs> julie and mitzo are wearing matching sweaters and they have the same haircut we both got bangs <laughs> so usually the pet looks like the owner and you just morph into the pet <laughs> Thanks. Um, so anyway, other than the wanting to have sex with yourself, which is insane, he got it as a decoy so that his greedy children won't murder him and he'll be able to escape unmenendezed, which is a great phrase. This is insanity, or is it? The parallels between the Jordans and the Menendez are uncanny. Both also families are rich. Thing. Both Menendez families have two die. sons, and both families are staples of court TV. Then we find out that money does make people crazy, as evidenced by Tracy Jordan. Look at Gavin. And, and he, he doesn't, doesn't have... have <laughs> I, know, I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> and he doesn't have the lifelong scarring of an absentee father. Um, anyway. Exactly. So he sees Liz sort of looking askance at it, and it's like, you want one? I can get you one. 
She kind of is like, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so Jack and Valor are having their major standoff. Jack says, you've got 10 seconds. Oh, my God. Dom top move. And <laughs> Gavin Valor says, sorry, Jack. I needed that money for my estate, and it's all gone. He spent it on disguises. But he Jack's- says, I spent it on disguises. Uh- Will you never be happy with anything I do? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with lots of things that you do. What about your billions? What about Sunstream? Sunstream is why I'm trapped here. It's not a real company. You watch our commercials. We never actually say what we did. And then what were the commercials like? That's why uh, I asked you. Because I innovation. <laughs> something. Something. So we find out the government owns his house. He shares it with three other white-collar crim- cr- criminals. He shares it with three other white-collar criminals, including Glenn, who stole his Let me tell you what. You take my peanut butter, you fucking die. I love peanut butter. Do you like crunchy, creamy, no. or mixed? Creamy. Mm, I like crunchy. I like. Well, at least I know you won't be eating my peanut butter when we leave each other. <laughs> and I won't be eating yours. Crunchy gets all stuck up in your teeth. It's like sand mouth. No. So he's like, hey, Glenn, that's my peanut butter. He's like, creamy. This, this is not my peanut butter. I'm sorry, Glenn. I know, I'm pathetic. But I never meant to hurt Liz. I miss her, Jack. I miss her laughter, her voice, the sound of her scratching and dry elbow skin all the way up. Yikes. So, Gavin says he spills something on himself and is like, I've got a serious case on the Mondays. So, he leaves and we're still talking to Gavin or fucking are we? This conversation that he or has with... Or am I? This conversation he has with Jack turns out to be a voice recording. <gasps> And he escapes his communal penal colony, essentially. Jack realizes he's gotten calls for Carl as the recording is still going. God, these acoustics are fantastic. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> I love you. Tomorrow. He was supposed to be in Annie, but he was breaking up with Bernadette Peters in real life. And she was in it. So then he wasn't in it. Really? That's what the interweb says. Oh, wow. Wow. Anyway, so we're back to um, Kenneth and Jack Donaghy, and he feels a little bad that he lost (laughs) the entire savings of Kenneth. And Kenneth is like, chill, don't worry. What would this country be if our economy didn't allow wealthy people to take advantage of rubes? Truer words, truer words, truer words. Yeah. Well, that's true, but what about your family? And he's like, don't worry about it. We parcels have seen our share of rock soup and squirrel tail, but we've also known the lean times. We'll get <laughs> Woo, by. Funny. <laughs> anyway, so Kenneth becomes the emergency, emergency, the emergency floor marshal, and Kenneth is beside himself. Go for He's it. So excited. He's like, "You thought of me first. Thank you, sir." He's, and Jack's trying to be tricky, and he's like, "Pete, doesn't that come responsibility with the four thousand dollars signing bonus?" <laughs> he's like, "Ah, yeah." That's right. I'm remembering that meeting where you also said I would get a per diem for gas. 12 cents a mile, which absolutely. Yes. Hornburger. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. And Jack in the- says really smug, snotty. Yeah. Hornburger. <laughs> so we're back in the Tracy Jordan household and there's some orchestral music going on. And let me tell you, it is suspenseful. <laughs> and, um. He's hiding in the closet. The sex doll's in the bed. And one of his sons comes in and says, Daddy, are you awake? I keep having a scary dream that you would get so rich that you would leave us and get a new family. And he just talks about how much he fucking loves him. And then Tracy comes out of the closet. So suddenly it's him and the sex doll. The kid freaks out and he says, intelligently, 
Stop patriciding. Well, he's hitting him with the lamp. Oh, sure, George sure, Foreman sure. Jr. or Tracy yeah, Jr., yeah. whoever it is, is beating Tracy with the lamp. And he says, stop patriciding. It's me. There's nothing to be freaked out about. That's just some Japanese sex doll in daddy's bed. Yeah. And he said, don't you worry. You never have to worry about me leaving because I'll always be there to take care of you. And there's something else. If anything ever happens to me, you and your brother are going to jail. <laughs> so now he's back at the office. He's like, Liz Lemon, look, I'm not dead. She's like, good to, good to know. know. Good to fucking know. Yes, it is. Oh, also, everything worked out with Jenna's dad visiting. <laughs> what? Oh, you really run around for any of that. Yeah. I do love that. I love the idea that the characters are having lives and we just don't know about it. I just yeah. It feels so real. Also, what a bummer that Jenna isn't in this episode, though. So sad. Everyone is really upset about it. Uh, so uh, the, the woman on the intercom says, cast to the stage for rehearsal. And out of nowhere, the guy painting the set is Gavin Velour. Hello, Liz. Oh, my God, Gavin. Shh. We're supposed to be quiet during rehearsal. What are you doing here? I came back for you, Liz. I was free. I was across the Canadian border. No, you weren't. What's the scam? Do you want money? No, I'm not lying. I can prove it. Look, cheap cholesterol medicine made from Canada. A pair <laughs> made, of from pairs- <laughs> made from Canada. Made from medicine yeah. from Canada. Yeah, yeah. What's in your heart cholesterol medicine? Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> A Paris Hilton film released only in Canada. Camp of approval. What does that even mean? Liz, what's the point of being free if you're alone? You get me. Come with me to Canada. Toronto is just like New York, but without all this stuff. Jack comes in and he's like, I thought you'd be someplace now that U.S. law can't touch you, like Bali or Utah. What made you come back? The reason is standing right next to you. I came back for Liz. Uh. (laughs) So Jack goes too far in and is like, you've already done enough damage, taking advantage of her loneliness and her big Ben-sized biological clock <laughs> she's like standing behind like oh. <laughs> oh come on i'm stopping it i can't believe i'm saying this to the great gavin velour but liz lemon is too good for you oh <laughs> it's, very it's over velour give me the brush yeah you stay back i swear i will paint you <laughs> so he's like i'm not going to a real prison because he's obviously been in house arrest rich white people prison He's financially ruined. He's lost Liz, and the paint is drying weird. And now prison, not prison, not for Gavin Velour. So he's on a very high scaffolding. Everyone's afraid because they're 15, like, 16 feet. It's got to be 15, 16 feet. And they're freaked out that Gavin Velour is going to jump. Thank God there's the floor emergency marshal. So Kenneth swarms in looking <laughs> absolutely sexy as fuck. And they're like, calm down, Gavin, don't do this. Um, Kenneth's like, all right, everyone, I'm in charge. Does anyone need water or saltines? And Tracy says, I would feel safer with some saltines. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin had the money. Gavin had the yacht. He had the woman. He had it all. Then he lost it. And now he's going to jump. Jack tries to reason with him and it doesn't go well because he's like, you'll probably be killed <laughs> for six months of prison, um, which fair. But it doesn't mean there's no hope. And um, But he's like, you have to pay for the things that you've done. <laughs> to which Gavin said, you're not making sense anymore. <laughs> but he's still got friends, and perhaps most importantly of all, now Tracy, turns out, the Tracy <laughs> that we... Oh, oh, oh. Nice. Grabs him. 
Nicely done. Gavin's like, what? But you're down there. And Tracy says, or am I? <laughs> nice. Good job, sex doll. He miscounted the men. You know, a lot of people look down on sex dolls. So we have a, that's the end of the episode. And then we have a little teaser at the end where he's like, you know, a lot of people look down on sex dolls. But as we saw tonight, they save lives and bring families together. How am I such an expert? I'm Tracy Jordan's sex doll. All right, Woo! let's do this. <laughs> such a fun episode. Really fun. I liked both stories. I wasn't like, oh, I wish they would get away from the A story or the B story. I liked them both. Didn't you? Yeah. If you had a sex doll, who would it be? I wouldn't. Well, that's fine. Should we go to the... Uh... No. So, velour is an anagram and a homonym, homonym for velour, which is French for thief. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. So the actor Bobby J. Thompson, who plays Tracy Jr., also played Tracy Morgan's youngest son, Jimmy, on the 2003 series The Tracy Morgan Show. Thompson also starred in movie roles in the movie Role Models. Oh, when Gavin is pleading for Liz to come with him to Toronto and says Toronto's just like New York without all the stuff, Toronto is often used to double for New York City in movies and television. Ooh. And Frank's hat this week says Role Model on it. Cute. What's up next? What's after Gavin Ballore? A reunion. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Fuck, 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 fuck. Not fuck, that everything fuck, is fuck. about me, yes! but this is another episode completely about me. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, we're on a roll now. We're having the truckers. We're having fun now. That Julie, shall we uh... go to the chat with Emma and rate this episode? Let's do it. Nice. Are we ready? Yes. Ooh. Oh, Nick and Emma tied at 94. Great job, guys. Unfortunately, I have the perfect score <laughs> at 96. <laughs> Highly rewatchable. Super fun. Highly. Lines I'll say in real life. I loved this episode. I don't know what the fuck the people who don't like this episode are thinking. People have different opinions. It's <laughs> it turns out. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. We very much appreciate you tuning in. This has been an absolute blast. If you want to hear any more of our stuff, which why wouldn't you? We also have a podcast, Takes All Over the Place, where we talk about literally anything. <laughs> our takes, and they're all over the place. Do you get it? Super fun. We've got a website called... Uh, Takespod.com. There it is. You know it. With a subsection for our Blurred Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. And just thank you so much for listening. We're super excited to talk about all these things, specifically reunion next week. So join us then. Thanks, everybody. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter. Julie Sunderland. And Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter. And... Frank! <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! <laughs> we love you, Frank. Zuckerman's famous pig. Zooey, you gotta agree. <laughs> the greatest hog in history. Fine, fine, wish he was mine. What if he's not so big? He's one terrific, the gradient humble thing. I'm a chicken, but fine, but I'm a nice.